Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right. uh, Have you cut the cord yet? You better cut the cord because it's the only way you're going to be afford uh, be able to afford everything else that you're buying because you cut the cord. I always thought that was sort of odd. We're cutting the cord. As if all of a sudden you're getting all your crap for free. It's You're just using a different cord. Or actually it's the same cord, but instead of a cable TV service, it's providing you with internet service. And then from there you can get your stuff. So I guess theoretically there's not a cord, but there is. Uh, Anyway, Disney is now on board uh, and are one of those services that you can donate to every month, just like you do your cable. Uh, Disney launches today in Canada and its library offerings unbelievably massive. You can imagine what the catalog entails just with the Disney library alone and then everything else that they have accumulated. To talk more about all of this, TV critic Bill Brio is with us. Brio.tv, he is on the line now. Bill, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Always happy to talk, Scott. All right, before we get to Disney, uh, let's talk about the big issue of the day. What are your thoughts in regard to what has happened with Hockey Night in Canada? I think like a lot of Canadians, I have mixed thoughts. Um, I've interviewed Don Cherry many times over the years, going back to when I was at TV Guide and the Toronto Sun, and he certainly gave me plenty of memorable interviews and, um, you know, talked to him about all kinds of things. He's, he's surprisingly shy in, in person compared to that bombastic, uh, crazy dresser that you see on TV. You know, my wife says that. My wife is also in the media, and uh, she has met him on occasion a couple of times, uh, just in hallways and elevators and such, and he is nothing like he is on TV, apparently. No, he's, he's much uh, more reserved and downplayed. Uh, he's uh, an interesting man. You know, we talked a lot about his Lincoln Mark sixes, and yeah. you know, my dad was in World War II. We we would talk about that. He signed some pictures for my dad, so he's always had, um, you know, a bit of a soft spot for Don. Um, but there's no place for, you know, division and ra- it is, uh, the stuff he said was hurtful to some people who have, uh, you know, they come to Canada like all of us come to Canada. Um, at mm-hmm. one point, and um, you can't be held back, or, or people have to keep those thoughts in check. If you're in a spot like that, you're on a national pulpit for all of those years. So, Don had a great run. I, I just think it's a shame he doesn't go out uh, in a more dignified way. But he knew this day would come. He, he would tell this to me. He'd go down on his sword, and that's how it would end. And um, I think, though, that it's a shame that um, that prophecy was was uh, able to come hmm. through. You know? uh, could uh, could this have been handled differently? Like, I, I'm sad. There's and like you said, it, it's sad for him to go out this way. But I'm sad that there's not some sort of teaching moment uh, about this that we can all learn from this. Uh, and, and instead, to me, this just divides people even more. Yeah, it, well, I don't know. I mean, I think that I, if you can separate and understand. Like, Don is an 85-year-old gentleman. He's from a, a much less diverse country. Um, but, you know, so is my dad. So are a lot of 85-year-olds. They don't go around um, calling people chicken Swedes or, mm-hmm. um, you know, deriding cultures based on old prejudices. and. Right. 
that shtick got old many, many years ago. Is this similar to what Don Rickles went through? Remember we talked about that, about how he was, you know, his his brand of humor was constantly insulting everybody, and then he went through a period where uh, it was very out of fashion, and then somehow he reinvented himself or came back around. That's a great question, Scott. I think there are some parallels, but then there aren't. You know, I don't think Rickles was trying to... um, put down various races. Um, Don's arena was sports, and it was yeah. a lot of it was Not locker comedic. room talk and, yeah. and ramped up that way. And that's just the culture he came up in, and um, I understand that. And you can see that, and you can look the other way on some of it. Uh, I just think he, he reached a point where he was talking about poppies and the decline in visible poppies, and then he... he Branded, uh, he blamed you people yeah. for that, and I think that's a pivot that crosses the line. Yeah. Um, certainly, uh, a sports sentence, by the sounds of it, gave him an opportunity to come on and apologize, or he said, well, I'll explain it, and they said that's not far enough, and that was the end of it, um, and I think it should be the end of it. I think if he wants to go out that way, okay, it's yeah. free speech, he, he goes. Yeah. And uh, I, just, I just think it's a shame. He deserved a, uh, a victory lap, I think, mm-hmm. uh, after all those years on television. You know, as I'm watching it, uh, you know, and, and listening to it, and again, as you said, he said things that he shouldn't have said. There's no two ways about it. Um, but I still have a hard time putting my head around the fact that, you know, because he pointed out that people should be wearing more poppies, and specifically immigrants should be wearing more poppies, that he's now out of a job. It's unfortunate that there couldn't be some sort of meeting of the minds here where, like I said, you know, it could have been beneficial for for both sides of this. Uh, What about Ron McClain in this? As I'm watching this interview go down, um, my natural instinct, because of what I do, uh, I'm thinking I would have leaned in to Don and said, well, Don, that could be said of all Canadians, not just immigrants. And it probably would have stayed within bounds. Does he hold responsibility here? Or is it one of those situations where, you know what, it's Don's segment, you let him go, you intro him, you extra him, that's it, he's on his own? I think Ron had an opportunity to be a newsman and and interject um, and and challenge. And that he didn't was a shame. Um, I I don't blame McLean, though. He's in a tough position. He sat in that chair. He knew he was sitting next to, I wrote about this at Brio.tv, but... He knew he was always sitting next to a lit, a lit fuse and that it was going to go off and did go off. And at some point, it was going to cost everybody their job. Um, but, yeah, he had an opportunity to step up and say, look, um, really what you're saying is hurtful to some people. Uh, I don't think that's what you mean or something to that effect. But he also knew Cherry was just a, it's a very unique individual <laughs> Ron, I think, handled him with gloves that were a little too kid, I guess, hmm. and and it cost him in the end. Uh, has Donald, Tr- or sorry, has Don Cherry become a lightning rod for the divisiveness that the country has uh, found itself in? In other words, the, you know, obviously his behavior in the past has contributed to this. Uh, we're at a divided time in the country, and it's, you know, it, it almost as if there's people that were waiting for this time to come to unload him. Well, you could, yeah, it does raise that suspicion at, at Sportsnet itself. I mean, they, they have a guy there on the bench ready to step in. They have another coach, and they didn't, 
you know, when heads rolled earlier this year, his wasn't one of them. I'm talking about Brian Burke, of course. That's the rumor, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think they saw, well, we better put air in the spare. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's a complex question. I don't think you could say, okay, everyone over 80 grew up at a time and they're, we got to look the other way. Well, no, because, you know, a lot of folks that age are very open-minded and, and understand the world has changed. They're not saying, they're not calling people pinkos. Right. They're not calling them left-wing, wing nuts or whatever. Don was a unique guy, and he was hired, and people watched him because he might say something like that. Like, he, yeah. he would say yeah. outrageous things, and it was part of why you watched that segment. I don't know why it ever became a place to wave the flag and salute the military to such an extent. And I think that's part of well, the Well, that's problem. because what that was the draw. That's why people were watching. I mean, even even non-hockey fans would turn into this. Yeah, and it was a moment when you saw Don Cherry shed a tear. Like, it was a genuine patriotism. He really is someone who believes all of that and is very proud of Canada's heritage. He's a, a historian of war going all the way back, English. I mean, he'll talk your head off about all this stuff. I understand it, but, you know, I don't think... It wasn't just that Don was older. He had a point of view that was kind of a locker room one. Yeah. And I feel bad even saying this, you know. I, I really like Don Cherry. And, and if you go to any hockey rink where he's at, you'll see this guy mobbed like a superstar, like no one else in Canada. Yeah. So I, I do feel very badly that this is the turn it's taken. But even a guy like Howard Cassell, if you want to go back, here's a parallel. You know, uh, Cassell was the king of what he did in the United States on Monday Night Football, mm -hmm. and he made comments that eventually took him down. And again, it was two words, little monkey, mm -hmm. you know. And, and, and there was some people saying, well, that's what you're saying is outrageous. It's a slur against African Americans. And nobody was more you know, Cassell said, wait a minute, I've done more to to um, advocate for African-American mm -hmm. athletes than, than anyone, yet was it because he was a person of a certain generation, or was it just a, a, a ill-used words, you know? So you can make all kinds of arguments around this, but there's just no room. If Cassell was here today, he would have been taken down just as fast on social media, uh, and I just don't think that our society can tolerate any finger pointing uh, in terms of uh, race or gender or sexuality, it's just a different world. And uh, it's a shame that this has happened to Don. Uh, do you keep Coach's Corner even with a, a new host or a new co-host or what have you or completely revamp it with new uh, personnel? Or do you just blow it up, get rid of it altogether? And, I, you know, you if, you've got, if you've got Burke on board, you just use him in a different way. Blow it up and call Burke on board. Yeah. Do something different because yeah. even if Don had gone up head held high, who wants to follow Don Cherry? Exactly. You know, like it's 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 an act that was unique. So I, I do think that uh, it, it, you know that you try and do something else. Now is it just another roundtable? Oh, we don't need any more of that. So uh, I think people watch hockey for hockey, and and the idea that they tuned in more for coach's corner i don't think was even valid anymore the ratings for hockey night in canada early and late games on saturday they're up 18 percent and 25 percent this season rogers maybe thinks well maybe there's more of you people watching so why are we you know maybe 
not standing up for all our viewers. So we certainly all we certainly all remember when they revamped Hockey Night in Canada and Ron McLean was gone and and they brought George in and and that lasted a limited amount of time. How much of a dent does this make in the programming from the programming standpoint? The only dent is if the Leafs keep losing. <laughs> you know, like this is a team we're all really excited about. Don't be just five. So now that the Leafs, and so that and now that the Leafs, Leafs at least appear, although not so much this year, but certainly in the last year or so, appear to be winning. We don't need Don Cherry anymore to keep us interesting because we'll stay longer than the first period. Yeah, I, I don't think we've needed Don Cherry for many years. I think he's been a feature that's part of it that we've enjoyed, but everything has an end. You know, like it was a lot of time and. And Don was still somebody that you'd stop and look at. I would. I watched his segment. I think he still had valid things to say about how the game is played. But um, for a lot of viewers, I I think that act had gotten old. It reached its best before point. So I don't think after a few weeks he'll be sorely missed. Uh, Having said that, there was never anything else like it on Canadian television. Hmm. All right, uh, let's talk about Disney. Uh, You know, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, all about cutting the cord, uh, getting it for free. Woo, just point your big disc to the heavens and you get whatever you want. Um, Now, obviously, Disney coming out with a huge streaming service. Um, is, Is cutting the cord even a slogan anymore? Because by the time you cut the cord and you add up all this stuff, you're back where you were before, No. Yeah, and as you pointed out, you're getting it from really the same companies, yeah. uh, whether it's from their internet service or their, you know, uh, c- cable. Uh, so uh, it is. You're right. A bit of one pocket or the other. Um, I do think a service like the Disney one is pretty tempting because it's a big pile of content, and it's not just a family viewing uh, streaming service. When you think Disney, you think all those animated classics and. Yeah, you got to think if you've got young kids, this might be mandatory. You know, as soon as you're at that age where you're having kids and starting a family, my goodness, this would be on a lot, would it not? Yeah, which is a lot of customers have young families. So, yeah, it's a no-brainer, I think. But you're also buying Marvel movies. You're also getting Star Wars. You're also getting um, Fox Network they just bought. They own ABC. They own ESPN. Their range is really from cradle to the grave. Uh, this is a, a service for everyone in your family. So uh, I think that people are going to be interested. The question I'm, as a critic, looking at, what's the new content like? Yeah. And I've seen a few shows. There's one there, uh, The Adventures of Jeff Goldblum or The the Wild Adventures. Um, and it's fun. You know, it, it's Goldblum's such a personality. Mm-hmm. And he walks, one episode's about denim. Like he investigates hmm. the, where are the origins of denim, uh, you know, pants and everything else, blue jeans. The other one is sneakers. He gets a pair of custom-made sneakers. He's just such an individual that following him around like this is fun. And I, I, I've watched three or four of them. They're pretty good. But it's not unlike a show you might see now on um, Specialty Channel. You know, it's not reinventing anything, really. Right. There are other guys who have done this. Just more of it. Just more of it, and it's Goldblum. But uh, that's one, if you're an adult, there, you know, it's not um, Beauty and the Beast. But there was a remake, too, on there uh, of um, Lady and the Tramp with real dogs and cats. I saw the clip of that. That looks amazing. Yeah. Do we need to see real dogs eating spaghetti? No, 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 we don't. But it's interesting (laughs) how they've taken it to the next stage, the next level, and just keep regurgitating revenue out of this. It's unbelievable. Good choice of word, too, yeah. And and I think that so that's something that kids will watch. This is a big – Disney's made a – 
billions of dollars remaking their standards, yeah. and, and they're doing it also on this channel. Is this story really that, oh my God, we've got Disney now, and look at all these titles, and look at all this content, or is it, wow, look what Disney owns now, and how much control they have over the industry? It, what's the real story here? That's the second one. Yeah, no, I think so, Scott. It's a, the I think this year of 2019, Either five of the five top moneymakers at the box office are Disney. Uh, their, their releases are so dominating other studios that it's it's never it's unprecedented, and uh, so that's a huge story for sure. But also, they've marketed this thing at a very low price. It's going to cost you like five bucks less a month than Netflix, and Netflix has a lot of content. They've had a seven-year head start, but this is even more uh, of a treasure trove of all kinds of programming. So people looking to sample are going to look at Disney. Will this come bite, come back to bite Disney in the rear end? Too much exposure. Uh, will this damage the brand? Will there be a backlash? Instead of cutting the cord, we're cutting the Disney. I think if I could have bought some, if I, if I had been smart and bought some Disney stock a yeah. few months ago, <laughs> I would have a, a ver- uh, an answer to that question would be no. Hmm. It's, it's not going to hurt the brand. But in six months, ask me again, because people might live with this service and then switch away from it or decide, you know, I liked what Netflix had better. So who knows? But it certainly hasn't hurt the brand. It's really helped it. The stock is surging. So how long before our Internet or our cable company in disguise start offering these things in groups or bundles? just like they did with all the cable programming. So you can get Netflix and Disney and this, but instead of paying this price, you can get it for that price. Yeah, no, it's happening. It's happening now, um, you know, and and it's certainly on the drawing boards. I know some of the companies have uh, already, you know, there's Infinity and different things. You can get Amazon here, and you can get Crave will also get you this. So, um Bell owns, of course, HBO and all their shows and has for years. So if you subscribe to Crave, you get all of their HBO. And we've got Warners coming on in the spring with HBO Max, which is, you know, sort of duplicates that same offer. So it's getting murky, but um, Mm. there will be absolutely ways to bundle and, and do it that way. So in a sense, the landscape is the same, but the difference is you get to choose more. It's more user friendly. It's more what you want. Yeah, and when you want. You know, yeah, yeah. it's on demand. It's whenever you want to watch it. You can binge it all. Um, it's just easier to do it that way. And as all of us get more used to that, sitting in front of the set and watching commercials every seven minutes. Can't do it. To see something. Yeah, you can. <laughs> so at what point does Netflix become concerned about Disney's growth? Oh, they've been concerned about it all year. It, 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 that's why if you've got Netflix... It's been fantastic the last few months. Yeah. Jamming on, uh, you know, that Meryl Streep's doing a movie, and you've got Paul Rudd's got a series, and they're just spilling out new stuff every day. I get alerts and emails. You might like this one. You know, it's it's stunning how much they're spending, and um, they're trying to stay on top and uh, and dominant because uh, they do see Disney as a very serious threat. All right, Bill Brio has been with us, TV critic, Brio.tv, to find out more. Uh, Disney launching its massive uh, streaming service uh, today. Bill, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Happy viewing.
Okay, you too, Scott. It is 2.54. That is a wrap for the show. Thanks for tuning in. As always, greatly appreciated. Thanks to Will and Liz for producing today. Coming up next, it's the CHML Afternoon News. Next flight for us tomorrow, high noon. Until then, please keep right except to pass. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.